Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Die, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. He was a in the Cats chorus and covered Old Deuteronomy in the third and fourth U.S. tours of Cats. So welcome, Austin Jatan, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I am very excited. Um, I'm starting to talk to more of your cast. Mm-hmm. That, and I have talked to a lot of the 2016 uh, Broadway Revival and the most recent tour, so I've always started with the question about, you know, your introduction to cats, but I think it's very different for your, your tour where you were kind of like right in the middle of the craziness of oh, yeah. cats. Yeah. So what was, tell me about the eighties with cats. Like what, <laughs> like I heard it's, it was just, it was the show. Like it was the thing that was all the buzz to be, uh, to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, definitely the Hamilton um, of today. I mean, everybody wanted to, do cats and for me it was ironic because i'm a singer i'm not a dancer i'm a singer Mm -hmm. who moves well so for me to get into a show like cats was just phenomenal um i do remember the the audition three or four times the callbacks um i didn't have to dance. I didn't have to do any movement because they were looking at me immediately for um, Old Deuteronomy. Um, mm-hmm. uh, again, of which I was shocked because I wasn't going to go to the audition. I, I felt that there was nothing in it for me. It was my voice teacher who convinced me to go. He says, you have the voice for Old Deuteronomy. I said, but I don't have the right size and I'm not tall enough because they can pad you. They can put you on, put you in heels. So reluctantly, I went. When I got there, there were eh, 60 or so guys in the room waiting to go in, guys much bigger than me, much taller than I was. And, and I thought, I'm defeated. <laughs> well, yeah. my motto is just go in and show them what you got. They would come mm-hmm. out one at a time and um, be disappointed. And then finally I went in. And then uh, they, I walked out and all the guys waited around because they were shocked, too, that I was there to audition for Old Deuteronomy. And I said, I got a call back. And they couldn't believe it. Neither did I. I called my agent immediately and, um, and said, I got a call back 
for cats, called my voice teacher. I said, they want me to learn this music. Um, you know, I, I, I've got to learn. I want to know it by heart. So um, I went back. Um, they drilled me on it um, uh, in different keys to test my stamina. Uh, and, uh, and then the next callback was at a theater to see how big the voice filled the theater. And uh, by this time, by this point, I was just, uh, uh, my nerves were, were all over the place because this was the first big show that I had gotten this far in. And mm-hmm. I had auditioned for many, many shows, but for a show of this caliber and to get that close, it was very nerve wracking. So I um, went home and uh, my agent called me and uh, says, come down. And, I, and uh, so I did. And they had called her already and told her that I had gotten the show. And uh, so she threw a big surprise party for me. And <laughs> wow. then it all started from there. I, um, uh, got into rehearsals and saw all of these these dancers in uh, leotards and and the leg warmers. The leg warmers were <laughs> big, big in the in the eighties. Um, and a lot of them, I think, it was their first show. Also, uh, they were younger than than I was, um, and uh, not by by much. But um, you know, sitting back and watching them learn this number and and us learning how to be cats um, with um, a rope tied around our waist and the movements with our hands and 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 our our eyes and and our face our our homework was to as we walked home is to look at every cat that we could watch their movement so <laughs> we were like zombies we'd come back into rehearsal the next day and everyone was sort of doing their own their own thing it was sort of ethereal <laughs> but um, the fact that uh, we actually were in the show and then once it got on the road, it was a hit. Uh, it was one of the the, the, the most hit uh, national tours. Uh, we played all over um, the U.S. That was just phenomenal. And it was a crowd pleaser indeed. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you sold out within hours, you know, as I've read more about it, just everywhere you went. And it was really the first time that, that cats got into other cities. Like, you know, it was was in kind of the main city. So you were, you were bringing this craziness and chaos around the, around the country. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I love hearing about the audition um, and just in general about that process and that being the, uh, I guess the, the height or what you would expect for that role it is kind of a it's a it's an interesting role it's you Mm -hmm. know you're you kind of come in uh, later in you've got this massive 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 costume Mm -hmm. um i know in the revival and a couple other ones that you stayed on stage in your mission i don't Mm -hmm. know if that if they if you got to do that or or had to do that i did yeah so what was i guess that's i would love to talk about that because what is that like especially you did a couple outdoor theaters um, on your tour and a couple Mm -hmm. of that to me was a, I, I thought it was a mistake when I saw it. I was like, mm-hmm. that's a prop. And I was like, no, that's actually a human. That's actually somebody, a performer standing yeah. there. What was the reaction? Like, did you have people coming up on stage? Like, this is pre-selfie, you know, cell phone selfie era. Right, right. Well, it depend. It depended on the theater. If the um, uh, if there was a bridge across the passerella where the orchestra was, uh, because of insurance reasons, they didn't oh, allow okay. people uh, to come up. But if the orchestra was, say, let's say, under the stage and they were piping the sound out, um, they would allow people to come up. And um, 
And one particular time, I'll never forget it, um, there was an older lady who came by and, uh, and they would sort of, you know, keep them flowing so they wouldn't stand there and just stare at you like you're a monument. Because <laughs> you couldn't, you, really, you weren't supposed to look at them. Uh, you're supposed to just be there and be this, uh, this uh, deity, more or less. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I, I had to look down at her because I could see tears rolling out of her her, her eyes. And I thought, oh my gosh. And I was beginning to get emotional. And I thought, I can't do this because I have to sing this recitative in a, in a few minutes and I've got to keep my composure. Well, she, apparently her cat had died recently and her cat looked just like Oh, Deuteronomy was a big, gray, fluffy cat. So she looked up, she was just like, my my kitty fluffy and she just stood there and bawled the ushers had to come and usher her off and i had to, and i was welling up it with uh, in, uh myself and i thought i've gotta i've gotta hold back i've gotta hold back so wow. i kept my composure but things like that kids who were just in awe just staring at you in, in disbelief you know that they wanted to touch you but they they weren't allowed to mm-hmm. um but um you could see the joy on their face. First of all, to get to come on that stage to look at the garbage and um, and 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 look at the rake on the stage and the tire and try to figure everything out. Um, so that was gratifying, um, you know. And but the the horrible part was that sitting there with all of the lights and stuff, you vocally you would start to dry up. And the, the song that Deuteronomy had to sing to open the second act was The Moments of Happiness, which is a recitative. It's, um, it's very powerful and it's very soft and, um, <laughs> and, and it's sort of wordy and it's easy to mix up the words. So I would try not to, in my mind, uh, think of the words before because then I would panic. So I had to think of other things and just let it naturally come out. <laughs> wow. You probably just picked like one point in the, in the uh, crowd and just like stared at it for 15 yeah. minutes. That's, that's what you did. It sounds, you know, it sounds like your experience with that was so much more pure than what I got to witness, which was just a bunch of people getting a social media post yeah. <laughs> um, in, in 2016. So it's kind of, it's cool yeah. that that's been a tradition that's kind of stuck, stuck forward. I was, I was so confused. I don't think I've ever seen another show that's done something like that. Yeah. Well, it, it, it made the audience a, a part of the show, even from the, from the get go, from the beginning, when, when the, we would run out into the audience for green eyes mm-hmm. and, um, and, and scare people that they felt encompassed into the show. And, uh, and depending again on the theater, um, um, uh, uh, the proscenium, uh, how far it would go out that the audience could be uh, a part of the scenery, like it mm-hmm. was on Broadway. Um, yeah. But most of our theaters were so huge, it was uh, we couldn't do that. But they they got they got the feeling for it. Anyway. Yeah, it was you know one of the first shows to kind of break the fourth wall mm-hmm. in a sense. So I want to go back to not the audition, but when you you know you get the role, and I know that you went through your cat school and you had your right. weeks of training. Um, you were told a lot about your character. You were basically given a backstory, and that's part of the, sh- the part of the show that I've spent most time in. Is talking about the the storyline and the characters mm-hmm. and the plot. What were you told about Old Deuteronomy about his character, his backstory, and then his relationships to the other cats? Well, um, Deuteronomy had 
lived um, many, 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 many years and had gone through so much in his life that he gained all of this wisdom and uh, not necessarily power, but everyone looked up to him because he was a wise old soul, uh, that he basically became the leader of the tribe because of his his wisdom. So um, he was the, the glue um, uh, to the tribe that everyone looked to for answers. Um, if they were happy, if they were sad, uh, when Deuteronomy showed up, they felt comfort, comfort and they felt safe. Um, so Deuteronomy would always come in with this, um, with his head held high, his chest out, you know, the strength that, um, everyone would, would rejoice. Uh, the first entrance for um, O Deuteronomy is um, uh, when he, uh, everyone is wondering where is he? And all of a sudden he appears and it's Monkestrap that sees him and the, and, and, all the tribe gets excited because Deuteronomy is he's coming, he's coming, he's going to speak, he's going to speak. So there's a rejoicement. So he gets there. And then now the, the, the party can begin. Deuteronomy is here. Let's enjoy life. So that's, that's, was, that's my take on it. What they told me. Okay. And so you're essentially the making the choice, right? right. And that's like kind of what has been given to you. Right. Do you feel you even have a chance at being the jolical choice? Um, I, I feel that, um, I already had that chance, you know, and I chose not to take it because I felt that other people needed it more that just by being that was enough because it was a comfort to everyone else. So choosing someone else to go to the heavy side layer was uh, was gratifying to me because anyone in that tribe could be the chosen one, and why was Grizabella the chosen one? Oh, and that's what I've spent a lot of time debating. <laughs> yeah. a lot of people. And and I think what I'm most fascinated by Old Deuteronomy is I I always looked at him as a judge, mm-hmm. the judge, you know, mm-hmm. judge, jury, and everything in between. But the more I've kind of talked to people, it's you're not on stage for half the performances. Right. So how do you judge all these cats and kittens that you didn't get to witness? Is it because you're just an all-knowing being and you were just it's, it's sense it? It's, it's the wisdom. You uh, Deuteronomy knows every cat uh, by their actions and what they do. So he, like, a, like a mother knows their child, a mother knows when you're lying, you know, she can hear it in your voice. She can see it in your action. So Deuteronomy, uh, uh, knows that, you know, I, I look at the, uh, for me, I look at the tribe and I, and I look at all of the different cats and I sort of, um, uh, reference them to, um, uh, people in a sense, whereas you have uh, uh, the white cat who is uh, quiet and, and demure, but strong and and, 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 and and a wannabe and wants to prove it. And then Tumble Brutus, who is the, the young one that's eager, I can do this, I can do that. And Deuteronomy is the one that pulls everyone back. It's like, in your time, let it grow, you know, so he can sit back and, 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 and say, I'm, I'm good with this, go out and do your thing, but I know who you are. And so, yeah, you don't even need to, to no, watch a couple of No, no, like, you can feel like, it. 
Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, what other things were you told about relationships to other cats as old Deuteronomy? Because I think it's like he's the father of – it seems like it's consensus he's the father of Monkey's Trap and Tucker. Yeah. Well, he's um, he's wanting Monkey's Trap to, to learn to be a leader, uh, you know, because there will be that that day when Deuteronomy will not be there. So mm. there there has to be someone that everyone can look up to that has that authority to say no or yes and to protect. So that's why you see Monkestrap by Deuteronomy's side quite a bit. Uh, Deuteronomy, uh, he proved himself to Deuteronomy. Now Deuteronomy says, prove yourself to me, you know, Uh to take over. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically. Okay. So do you feel, I mean, I guess I'm kind of, I'm interested in hearing all the other pieces. Like is McCavity your brother? Is there other wives, girlfriends, like, or is that just something that just, you know, you don't, you don't think too much as much about when you're performing. Don't really think that much about it. McCavity is, he's, I say, a, a, a person who was, in the tribe that went astray and uh, went to the bad side and therefore always has been jealous of oh, Deuteronomy and uh, didn't like what Deuteronomy, because everyone looked up to Deuteronomy and he felt, why, why? So mm-hmm. therefore he, uh, he arranged Deuteronomy to be kidnapped, to be, to be gone. But it was the powers of Mistopheles that brought him back because Deuteronomy uh, will go only go when he feels that it is time to go. No one else can make that decision for him. Mm-hmm. So if you're old Deuteronomy and you're it's next year, Grizabella's mm-hmm. out of the picture. Right, right. What's happened in the Jellicle tribe next year? And the next, well, I the way I look at it is that uh, someone else will be chosen. The only reason why. Grisabella was chosen. Grisabella is like the 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 cat or the person. Uh, as I use myself as an example, you come from a small town and you have your tribe of people. You move to New York. That's Hollywood. You go there and you um, become somebody, but something happened and you became tattered, and uh, it, maybe your head got a little too big. Therefore, and, and so no one wanted to be around you. So you want to come back home. So when Grizabella comes, tries to get back in, in into the um, the tribe, the other cats can sense this something about her that wasn't wrong. It's Deuteronomy that says, "Hold on, this can happen to you." This is a, a this is someone who left, went out to see the world. And it didn't work out and we must always welcome them back. So therefore, you know, I choose her to re- be reborn, to come back to a new life, you know. And I don't I, I next year for the Jellicle Ball. Personally, I don't think that there really has to be anyone chosen each year. It's just whenever it, it's time for it to happen. I so I love that analogy as someone mm-hmm. who moved from not not necessarily a small town but from Indiana to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, so when she comes back the first time and she's still shunned, is that like a a Thanksgiving visit? Like, what, how does that fit in this analogy? Like, is it 
you know, she comes home and everyone's kind because of, everyone kind of hates her in that first. Time oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's memory. like, who who is this person? She's got she's got this fur on. She's got these heels on and this, this makeup that's running down her face. You know, who is who is this person? And um, a lot of them didn't really know who she was. It was Deuteronomy that conveyed to them she was in the tribe, you know, she's, uh, was, a, she's an older person, you know, and, um, she did her thing. Now she wants to come back home, bring her back in. So they, this, they got a taste of it. It was only in the, in the second act when, um, she walks in because they were still a little hesitant, you mm. know, and when Deuteronomy is sitting there and he, he raises his chest and he holds his hand out to say, wait, and this gives Grizabella a chance to walk in and and to prove herself to to um, basically say, "I'm sorry. Um, give me a chance. I love you." And uh, and then um, Syllabub and the White Cat embraces her, and then it becomes a whole a big family again after she's taken up to the heavy side layer. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So in that, I, again, I love this analogy. This is why I like talking about the show. It's because I, have, I hear a different version every time I talk to somebody. Right. Um, which is always very different from the version that I interpreted myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this scenario, though, does the town not get upset that their old thespian leader of Gus mm-hmm. or their kind of young, up-and-coming, fun, you know, rocking the town, Tugger, all these people not get picked? Um, yes, to a certain extent. But then again, um, no one should be shunned. You know, just because you went astray, it's the acceptance you know, it's the obvious acceptance. Gus, the theater cat, uh, Grizabella, Rum Tum Tugger, they all will be okay. They're they're having a wonderful, wonderful life. Grizabella wasn't so much. So mm-hmm. she needs to get that wonderful life back. Isn't Wilkie, uh, this is me just asking questions to try to convince you that I'm right more than anything. <laughs> um, isn't walking her back to her town though? Wasn't she better off spending a year there? You know, like not being the choice right away. Come back right. home, live with your kittens that you probably potentially abandoned that are now welcoming you back. Like, I feel like she still needs some time at home. Yeah, you know, I and, and a lot of people would think that way. But uh, my take on Deuteronomy is like, um, why should she have to wait? 
you know, why should you have to wait or you have to wait if this happens to you? Why can't we just forgive right now and forget about it? You know, what about if you're what about the precedent you're setting for Victoria? What's now stopping Victoria from going to New York? Living oh, I, a crazy life. And I, then coming back. I, I, I think Victoria uh, will. Uh, go should. to New York uh, or should go to New York. Victoria okay. is, I mean, she's, the, she's the white pure cat, but how pure is she? Well, based you know? on the dance that I saw during the Joe Cabal, it's not that pure. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. I see. I like this again. I like this theory. I, so my argument's always been that it shouldn't be Grizabella that, cause I watched it as a singing competition. Purely yeah. A, a visual of you're a judge, like an American Idol, an X Factor, or any of those versions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if I watch individually, cat by cat by cat, that wasn't my favorite. It, yeah. was, it was amazing. I mean, the, the performance memory is is an amazing performance every time. Mm-hmm. But I was more entertained by other characters throughout. And see, and that's the fascinating thing, I think, about cats, because there's so much going on, and no one's going to look at at one cat all the time. You're, you, you, you choose a cat who, who really... Uh, gets to you. It's like, I really love this cat, you know, Skimbleshanks, you know, the orange cat, he's so fun. And, you know, your, your eye wants to go there and just the little things that you're doing on stage, you know, you, you find your niche and, uh, and you really develop that character. Uh, Cause you're, you are trying to prove to Deut- Deuteronomy that you are worthy, but then you get it. You, you get yeah. it. And again, that's kind of why I'm so fascinated by it. Cause I watch it as if you're the judge and then I, you know, the more I've, watched the show or learned about it, I'm like, you're not even watching half of them. You're just yeah. like, yeah, I don't even need to see these. Like, I know they're not going to get picked. <laughs> I'm sitting there going like, I-, I thought Tugger's performance was great. I thought Mustafa's performance was great. Yeah, um, yeah. But, and then the more I've argued it, the more I've argued that Gus should be the choice. Yeah. Well, Gus, the old theater cat, uh, wise and, um, uh, uh, you know, about to die. But then he, uh, you know, he, he, he shows you know what he was when he was younger you know but then again even though he's old and feeble he never lived the life of of Grizabella of leaving that tribe and, tribe and becoming so tattered and and destitute more or less that he didn't need to be welcomed back in because he he's there you know and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, he's he's almost up there i think with Deuteronomy as far as his wisdom uh, because he's a he's a strong person that you that you that you want to listen to because he's a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. So if you were I, so what I'm hearing, which I, again I, I kind of love this, and um, I'm 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 poking mostly at it and picking at it just because it's fascinating to me. <laughs> um, so I'm hearing that you you know you don't think there's a, a jellical choice every year. Mm-hmm. And mostly it's because someone needs to kind of leave, mm-hmm. experience life outside the tribe and come back, mm-hmm. which means you're probably not going to have all that many jellical choices unless there's a bunch of other Grizabellas out there that we're just not uh, in- introduced to in our two and a half hours. Right, right. And, you know, and anyone can become a Grizabella at, at any given time, you know, because as the kid, as the kittens grow up and Victoria goes to Hollywood or um, uh, Rum Tum Tugger goes to Hollywood and, and live this life of purgatory or whatever and uh, and comes back in. Then to me, you have proven that you're worthy, that you you are able to weather the storm 
out there, you know, and mm-hmm. stay strong and and not be defeated in this in a, in, a, in a sort of in a physical manner. Kept your mind and and knew where to come to be reborn again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, humor me if you. I know you've done. Um, uh, hundreds of performances here. So you, you've obviously know this way too well. <laughs> if you were asked, if they, if you just said, Hey, look, Trevor, non Andrew, whatever, someone comes up to you and goes like, look, we're thinking about a different ending. <sighs> who would you pick? Or would you still defend Grizabella to the, to the end of time? Who would I pick to go to the heavy side lair? Wow. Maybe nobody. It is such a high of uh, being on that tire, uh, and, and singing, uh, that last song, you are Moses up there. Um, So I personally, I don't think I would choose anyone. I would, you know, walk on that tire, let it raise and hold my hand out and, and, and sing that last song because everyone is posed, poised and they are looking at you at that, that message. And you feel like, God, <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> that's that's awesome. I, I really appreciate you humoring with me. I, I love your theory of like the left and came back and mm-hmm. you know all the, the different things. I think I that's how I interpreted it, but in a different sense of like that's not that her being welcome back home. It was more of like she's just picked. You know, it's mm-hmm. like just kind of she came back, she sang her thing and got picked. Um, I want to I want to pivot a little bit. I want you. Can you tell me a little bit about the fundraiser? Um, I would yeah. love to hear a little bit about the fundraiser from your tour, but then also what you did in um, most recently in this past October. Oh, yeah. I know you were pretty involved in it, right? I was. I, it was actually my idea. To, your idea. Uh, yeah. It was, it was uh, one morning I was watching the news and I, you know, it was the, the height of all of this. And, and, uh, and I thought, wow, we, wouldn't it be nice just to get the, the cast back together just to just for fun? I wasn't even thinking of a, of a fundraiser at the, at the time just to do the opening number because everyone sings it. So mm. I called Jonathan and, and he said, first he was like, yeah, and he's like, you know what? We should do it as a fundraiser. And I went, oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. Um, so I got on my computer. I contacted as many cast members as possible to see if they would be interested. It was immediate. Yes, yes, yes. And it took us a few weeks to put everything together. Uh, but um, after we did, and uh, a lot of people, oh, I can't sing anymore, and I, I can't do this. And I, I said, oh, you, that muscle memory will come right back. And they all sound wonderful um we were one of the uh, i think we were the first national tour to start the um um equity fight aids on uh on tour we did the michael bennett um benefit and uh also uh what's her name um lily tomlin we did a benefit with with her and raised uh lots of money um and we were much younger then so therefore we could do a show uh get out of makeup uh go to the place and do a show at 11 o'clock uh for about an hour or so and sleep get up and do another show so it, it, it was it was that was fun so i knew from what we did back then that we could pull together and do this again and it's it's been a success thank you broadway cares Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I, I got to watch it. I, I talked to Jonathan and a couple other people uh, when it when it first came out, and um, it's still you know people still can donate. So oh, we, yeah. we, don't, 
we have, we'll include a link in the description Perfect. here, but Great. I loved it. You know, I, I've, I've heard more and more about your experience in, in the eighties doing that. And it's, you know, not only did you raise a ton of money, but you were learning additional numbers yeah. in between your shows and doing them <laughs> on the off nights and oh, yeah. still filling theaters, raising, I mean, uh, just a, a ton of money. I mean, it's really a, an incredible story to kind of bring back and then being able to kind of bring it into today, you know, with, with everything going on to be able to support another cause. Yeah. We were, uh, gosh, thinking, thinking about national tours back in the eighties. Um, I mean, it was the, it was top notch and to say in, in a few words, we were spoiled and, you know, they took good care of us. We mm-hmm. had a, um, we could get a massage at, uh, at night after we got home, uh, they paid a masseuse to come in and to, to give us a massage, which the dancers needed it. Or And then some of our cat, uh, I think two of our cast members um, uh, started doing it. So they started paying them. So um, I look at the, the dancers, you know, they after doing the ball, learning cats, and then uh, while we were doing the other benefits, going to the studio at, at midnight and learning other numbers. You know, I, I would go for moral support because I would just, I just had to sing. <laughs> That's yeah. all I had to, so I'd wait my turn. Uh, and, uh, and if you if uh, you ever get a chance, I don't know if Jonathan still has a, a video of it, um, it's so worth seeing. It was put together so well. And uh, and, the, and the theater was packed, you know, because you say cats, you put cats with anything back in the 80s, boom, people would be there. Except for those who thought we were a baseball team. <laughs> the, the, the show jackets. Um, uh, was Wait, who, who thought you were a baseball team? <laughs> we were, uh, when we were touring, you know, we uh, on the bus, uh, we would stop at malls to eat or whatever. And we all had our show jackets on, you know, and there are the different types of show jackets. There's the wool jacket with the, um, the leather sleeve. There's the, um, the cotton jacket that looks more like um, a baseball jacket. So I had one of those on and I was walking by and, and this man says, uh, uh, Cass, which baseball team is that? And I said, the, the Broadway. <laughs> so he, he knew nothing about cats. And, you, and, and that was, that was exciting to a sense that, wow, there's someone actually who doesn't know about cats, but he associated it with baseball. So that, that that's, is, yeah. <laughs> that is fascinating. I, I haven't heard that before. I, yeah. I kind of love all that. There's um, a little bit of a, you know, as a, as a sports fan, I think like I'm kind of the reverse. I'm probably one of the few people that like generally now knows cats, but, but it's the reverse. You kind of either know cats or, you know, baseball. Um, yeah, it's yeah. not a huge mix in that Venn diagram there in between, but so where where would you where would you think the Cats baseball team is from? <laughs> I would say um, Yonkers. Yonkers. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Isn't there a Yonkers? There's a. I think there's a minor league team in Yonkers. I think there is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I want to do a little bit of a rapid fire, but before we do that, I would love to hear. Did you see the most recent movie? I did. What did you think? I, uh, I'm one of those people that sort of uh, gives, gives things the benefit of the doubt, but it was so different. And, um, and I, uh, to be nice, it was interesting. So I think the question I have is, I've talked a lot about, I did a review for it. I went to see it, um, when it opened, but as someone who was in the show and it's, 
20 years later, you know, yeah. it's, it's multiple, almost 30 years later. Did seeing the movie kind of bring back any of your, like, did it, did you go see it with other past cast members? Like, was there a little bit of that, the nostalgia of sorts, even though it was very different for you? Well, I, I, I sort of didn't know what to expect. And I had, I wanted to go with other cast members. There, there are a couple of musicians uh, that bought homes up here also that I wanted to go with who did the show. Uh, but uh, they chose not to see it. And so I decided, well, you know what, let me just go and with an open mind and just watch this and, and, and see what I get out of it for myself. Um, first of all, I thought it was, uh, they humanized it too much, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and uh, that I, I didn't like. And then I just, I didn't like the take on some of the music, um, uh, you know, the, the Tugger or the Grisabella, the way that they, um, uh, presented the song, uh, it, it became too modernized. It, it just, it took the, to me, it took the meat out of the show it you could it broke the plot down a little a bit better that you could understand but then that that makes it too easy i think mm-hmm. um uh, t.s Eliot wants you to think wants you to think about these characters that you can come up with um what you think you know yeah um, yeah. yeah i think you know as the more i've kind of I've watched, I watched it in theaters and then I tried to watch it again, try to make uh, some of my family sit down and watch it and they could only get halfway through. Yeah. And then they, then they said that we have, if we have to stop. Um, but the more <laughs> I've thought about it is they, they, I think they just put too much money into making this a big production versus staying in a lane of like, we don't need all the, no one needs to tell the story. Yeah. Just stick to the, the traditional much, you know, uh, a well put together version of what people expect to see on stage, but not on stage. And you would have had a a fairly successful show with half the cost of production and, and still had a lot of, I think a lot more people that enjoyed it versus what ended up happening where now everyone's kind of distanced themselves from it. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it just, it, it it didn't come across as a theater piece. It came across as a movie uh, set, which is, I guess that's what they were going for, but it's just cats, you know, and, and, so anyway, that's yeah, I mean, it's it's the baseball. It's like one of the best You're baseball right. teams in the country. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so let's do some some rapid fire. Uh, a couple uh, quick things just about. I I love to ask these types of questions. So my first one is knowing. I, so I know you've said a couple times you're, you're not more of a dancer or a singer. Suspend all. If you could do any of them, if you just had the ability immediately, which character would you want to play? Like which track would you love to do? If you just were like. I'm totally capable, forget vocal range or anything like that. I can do right. anybody. Who would you want to go uh, Tug- performance? Rum Tum Tugger. Tugger. You mm-hmm. want to go out there and just rock and roll? Oh, rock and roll. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> um, what is your favorite song? My favorite song in the show? In the show, yes. I would say Skimble Shanks. Skimble Shanks. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And what, what about it that like, what yes. do you love about it? It was uh, moving and exciting. And uh, you've got this big orange cat that comes out that's, uh, you know, telling his story and he's upbeat and everyone's enjoying it. And it's sort of bouncy. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's it's a it's a super fun number. I think it's a number I 
personally misinterpreted the most mm-hmm. as I like tried to break it down. And then I got called out by it, by Colin, who was in the revival in 2016 and told me all the things I got very, very wrong in my interpretation. <laughs> um, but I did enjoy, I think part of the reason I, I didn't enjoy as much as when they make the, I, I love that they started to make the train. You know, mm-hmm, I kind of build mm-hmm. this thing out of, out of the set mm-hmm. and then they flash a light into the audience Yeah, and, yeah. It, hit, and it hit me. Yeah. Oh, and so cool. I was really angry because I like couldn't see it for a good 30 <laughs> seconds after. Oh yeah. So I yeah. think I'm, I'm scarred from that, that particular <laughs> number. What about your favorite and least favorite character in the show? Favorite character would be Gus. Least favorite character would be Alonzo. And then my last rapid fire question, if you were to be quarantined with one of the characters, you're stuck at home. <laughs> oh god. Which one are you which one are you stuck with? I am stuck with I'd say I'll, I'm stuck with Tumble Brutus. Tumble Brutus. I've not had anyone say that one. Why, what's your answer for that? He was my roommate on tour. So. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, so purely the person, not the character. <laughs> well, the character, uh, let's see. Wow. Again, I would say Tumble Brutus because he he, he was he was fun. He's 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 a strong young cat that's you know that's going to see the world, you know, and he would uh he would make me laugh constantly. You know what I found most interesting is I've asked this question to a lot of people is it's very situational. And so it's like the people who are in New York in small apartments are like, who could I spend in a small apartment with? Yeah. And then people who are out and they're like, oh, who would have, you know, who would take care of me or who would be fun or who would this? And so it's like there's there's been no consistency in answers. Oh, well, gosh, I'm sure. Question, which has been, <laughs> it's been great. Um, what, you know, where else can we find you? What else are you working on? How can we find you on social media? Oh wow! I I've done. Geez, I'm doing sort of a lot of uh, of things. Um, last two summers ago, I worked at Glimmer Glass. It's an opera house up here where I live, and we uh, we did a production of Showboat. I had done the uh, the national tour with uh, Hal Prince uh, years ago, and Susan Stroman, and also did it in London. Um, and then I left, um, when I left Cats, I went to um, Germany and did uh, Angela Weber's Starlight Express. Uh, learned that in German and eight hours of roller skating. And uh, and that was a phenomenal show and a phenomenal set that's still going on. They have since taken out Deuteronomy and now they have Mama. And the, the Mama is the original uh, Pearl on Broadway, Reba Rice. Uh, so that was interesting. Uh, but uh, here in Albany area, I um, I do a lot of commercials. Um, you know, I play politicians and doctors and things like that. In 2015, I did a movie uh, uh, called Moving Mountains uh, that starred uh, Teresa Russell. And it's a true story on coal mining in West Virginia. And I played a living legislator, Arlie Johnson, um, uh, who uh, helped get things passed because there's still things going on in, in that state. And uh, one reason why I got the movie is it, the movie is about a girl that I went to high school with who went to West Virginia. And she thought of me uh, that I reminded her so much of Arlie. I had to audition and all that stuff and screen test and, and I ended up getting it. Um, I've since become a chocolatier. 
I have my own company. I have a website. Um, I just opened a store here. One foot is always in the in the door as far as theater, and I'll never uh, leave it completely. But I've found other avenues to sort of keep going and keep my life exciting. And what you have to share the website so we can. Oh sure, it's um, uh, the ostentatious.com the ostentatious.com i'll link that as well okay. so you can you can order do you ship across the country i certainly do amazing amazing <laughs> well thank you so much for for spending the time with me today and, and kind of bringing me back to this you know this kind of crazy time of cats when it was you know the the hamilton yeah. you know it's, it's fun to kind of hear from from your cast and your company all about what that experience was like since it's mm-hmm. so different than almost even what it's been today and you know 40 years later yeah got 40 years that makes me really old <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone else, for listening to this episode with Austin Jatan on The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the catastrophe. To follow along, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Wrong Cat Died, or check out our website, TheWrongCatDied.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 